Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Melting Pod podcast. This is a new pot hockey podcast. Uh, you are being joined by none other than myself. My name is Doug Greenberg. I am being joined by the wonderful Tampa Bay native <laughs> Andrew Weiss on the mic with me here today and always. How are we doing today, Andrew? Oh, I am excited, Doug. It's a great day for hockey. Every day is a great day for hockey, and I'm excited to discuss, debate, and talk hockey here on the Melting Pond. First episode, we'll get the jitters out of the way, and it uh, it didn't begin today with the best of, I won't say intentions, with the, with the best start today, Doug, not the best start. No, we had, we had a, lot, a bunch of technical difficulties, um, a bunch of issues, but we got it all figured out. Um, we're ready to go. You know, you work out the kinks early so you don't have to do them later. But you know what? Doesn't stop the fact that the NHL is back in our lives. We are record. We are recording the day after opening night, uh, the day the day after the Caps raise the banner, and great, beautiful, emotional ceremony outside of uh, the loud cheer for Tom Wilson. But yeah, we will get into that. Well, yeah, we we will discuss <laughs> Tom Wilson. Um, uh, great. But anyhow, it was, but anyhow, it was a it was a great night. Um, you know, one thing I got to say about all this was that. I, I think I've never been as happy outside of my own teams, you know, outside of any Boston teams. For the record, I'm a Boston homer <laughs> to, some, to some extent. Uh, Andrew is a Tampa Bay guy. I am definitely a Tampa native. And what I will say is outside of any of my teams winning, one of the greatest joys I have seen of a team winning a Stanley Cup was winning was watching the Caps win. Yeah. And watching the Caps win that Cup was amazing for the Caps in general because that franchise has – suffered for a really long time and has been waiting on it. But more specifically, Alex Ovechkin has been waiting a really long time. And so last night, getting to see him skate the cup around the ice one more time, show it to the fans, show it off, man, that that man loves that that yeah. piece of hardware. And, you know, obviously tough on my own end watching the Capitals beat the Lightning in the playoffs last year just because of the fact that I have a lot of friends back in Tampa. I went to some of the games. I was at Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals when the Capitals won that one. Um, but like you said, you know, nativity and homerism is not uh, something that I'm going to hold on to forever. And as you mentioned, seeing Alex Ovechkin win a very much deserved Stanley Cup, uh, it was nice because everyone always made the joke, you know, uh, well, you get the bar, oh, you know, get the Ovechkin, the White Russian doesn't come with a cup kind of thing. It's <laughs> like, all right, relax. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this is a guy who is, in my opinion, the best goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, pure goal scorer, at least. I'm not going to say best player because he's not. He's not the best playmaker. The best goal scorer in the National Hockey League. And growing up a Dolphins fan, you don't want someone who's considered one of the best of their positions to not win the championship because that's what happened to Dan Marino in football. And Ovechkin, like we said, great goal scorer. And look at the personality. The summer of Ovi oh my was God. so much fun to watch. That man was must be like – bleeding alcohol at this point because he just doesn't yeah. have any water in his body anymore. It's Man, pure vodka. I've never seen – I mean, that was got to be one of the most legendary championship celebrations I've ever seen. I mean, what comes to mind for me is when the Red Sox won it in 2013, that was a big one. They they really went on a huge bender. But, <laughs> man, the Caps really enjoyed it. They drank and ate everything out of that cup. 
And the fountains. You can't forget the fountains. And the fountains. Honestly, I'm a little Going worried for, you know, Ovechkin's lady. She might start getting jealous of fountains. Yeah. Every time he sees them, he takes off his clothes well, oh, and jumps and, in. And Ovi, uh, he's got a kid now. I think he, Yeah, I think they, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think they, they Born had Born in South Florida. I do yeah. want to point that out. There you so go. He's, he's, a, he's so technically he's an, a Florida native. He's an American. Even more important. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait for the Olympics to, uh, to show up once his son's in the NHL for them to not go again. Yeah. That'll be fun. But... Anyhow, yeah, let's uh, let's let's, ju- let's, jump, let's jump right into it. So we got live hockey action last night. Uh, we had the Washington Capitals, fresh off of their banner raising, taking on my Boston Bruins. <laughs> let's say how did that go? Doug? Let's say it didn't go. It w- didn't go according to plan, um, to say the least. Um, one thing I'll say about it is that you know goalies have off nights all the time. Um, it happens to the best of all goalies, um, and it's you know it's it sucks when it does happen, but it really sucks when it happens on opening night of the season. You know, Tuca clearly was not feeling it last night. You know, he the first of the first three or four shots he faced, two of them went in, and neither one was good. Like the first one was just bad angle. Like that's just not an angle that any goalie should ever let. Any yeah. any NHL goalie should ever want in the last the second one was like kind of a dribbler, you know it's it stinks like it stinks when and and the problem is when your goalie's not feeling it and he lets in like two easy ones it just takes the air right out of the team like yeah. right off the bat and you have to also account for the fact that you have all the emotion on the capital side you know obviously not just winning the Stanley Cup and showing it off again but having that first Stanley Cup that they've been striving for forever and everyone's always yeah. like oh the Caps choke every year they co- they choke every year. You know, it's not just the summer of Obi and the summer of the Capitals. It's it's. I think it could extend with a little bit of momentum early into the season. We saw that last night. Totally, and they, yeah, they. I mean, they came out flying. Like they were they were absolutely flying. Uh, Kuznetsov uh, bagged two goals last night. He looked great. Um, Ovi, of course, got hit one of his <laughs> goals, of course, and you know, straight from his right from his office. The Ovi office, right? The Ovi office. I mean, it's the most respected it's office, right there. He's got to have scored like. 90% of his goals in his NHL career, and there's a lot of goals, and he has scored probably like 90% of them from that spot. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. And it's, honestly, and the, the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, early on in that series, did a great job of eliminating him from taking that shot on the power play by just literally having a guy over just, there and saying, screw it, four on three for the rest of the ice. We're just not letting Ovi shoot. I just, I don't understand why you wouldn't just, on defense, why wouldn't you just keep someone there all the time? Like, and that, and that's, you know, when you watch the, the goal from last night on replay, um, who was it? Um, somebody on the Bruins, uh, he just, he didn't slide over right. He just was not paying attention, totally gave him the passing lane. It was, I want to say it was Sean Corrali. Um, but, you know, ho- however it happened, he just, you know, le- left the passing lane open for Ovi right there. It was too easy for him. But, and, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter if it's one nothing win or 7 nothing win. It's a win's a win for the Capitals. A loss is a loss for um, for the Bruins. And, you know, Caps 1-0, Bruins 0-1. Oh and, um, and I do want to real quickly bring up the rings that they got mm-hmm. for the Capitals. 14-karat white and yellow gold ring. 252 diamonds, 35 rubies, and a sapphire. There's 145 championship rings available for fans for the very meager price of $12,000. Honestly, I can see those selling out pretty quickly, seeing how excited Washington was to not only have a championship in the city, but the Capitals as well. Totally. Um, 
you know, that wasn't the only the that wasn't the only big game from last night. Obviously, the Sharks Ducks featured the debut of Eric Carlson in teal for San Jose after that huge offseason trade that we um, talked about a lot of during the summer. Uh, I know I was sitting by my computer for most of the summer waiting for Carlson news. It finally happened when I was at the, the zoo in Lincoln Park here in Chicago. So and it, I was and on my phone the whole time. And it didn't happen the, the way you wanted it to. No, I was, I was hoping to see him in Tampa to have him dress up as a pirate like he did for the All-Star game just all season long with Victor Hedman. Uh, you know, two Swedish beauties going at it. But, you know... Having him in San Jose, also a great combination to watch that kind of hockey. Brent Burns out there, Mark Edward Vlasic, Justin Braun, very underrated. And a very good defensive core now, obviously, mm-hmm. with Carlson. But that wasn't uh, evident last night. No. Sharks losing to the Ducks, final score 5-2. to two. Uh, And the Sharks outshot the Ducks by a very wide margin. If it wasn't for John Gibson, 31 saves on 33 shots. It would have been all Sharks, and you saw how important Carlson was for that team, but also just in general how good that team is. Um, but Martin Jones, four goals allowed on 14 shots. Big yikes. That's not something you want to see. No, definitely not. Not to start off the year. And you know what? Credit where it's due. John Carlson. Not Sorry, not John Carlson. Wow. Uh, John Gibson. <laughs> John Gibson, my bad. You're thinking of Eric Carlson and John Gibson. Yeah. I, I'm getting a scary love child right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, John Gibson, you know, he always gets credit as being like a average goalie. I think he's definitely an above average goalie. Oh, for sure. And, and you he's see incredible. It, and you saw it on display last night. You know, I, I don't think he's ever been in the Vezina talks, but, you know, you never know. Uh, he, he could be in that conversation this year. He's got to stay healthy. That's the big thing for him is staying Exactly. Healthy. And, I mean, in the Ducks, and again, like, and this happens a lot. It's teams that tend to get overlooked, especially, you know, when they're going up against a team that had a lot of offseason hype. The Ducks did not have a lot of hype going into the last night, but you know what? Yeah, they the were... opposite of it with Corey Perry's injury. And right, exactly. Kessler's out for and, and the thing you know, is the, 18 years. The, right. And and the Ducks are, you know, they're an uns, they're not a sexy team. That's for sure. Like, there's just nothing really... Oh, well, yeah, Ducks aren't sexy. Right, Ducks are not <laughs> sexy. And, Quoted, you know, there's just... Put it on a t-shirt. Sell out, of, out of context. But, like, <laughs> you know, you look at this team, like, Ryan Gatzloff plays a great game like he plays such an awesome game but he doesn't play a sexy game it's it's very methodical he just plays the puck around he's a very good power forward he right. knows how to great use his body uses his body the but, puck and, and set up teammates as well but he's not gonna you know give you those dazzling highlights no not usually and but you know they got gra- they got guys like Rickard Raquel uh Jacob Silverberg um Adam Henrique was a great pickup for them last year you know this duck again ducks team is they're they're gonna be kind of quiet in general but but they'll be around. Yeah, and you're right. Ricard Raquel, a very underrated. Um, excuse me, Ricard Raquel, a very underrated player for the Ducks, a superstar in the making. Um, if you look at the stats, definitely backs it up. Um, but we'll move on to some other games that went on last night. We'll do them very briefly here. This is, by the way, our snapshots segment. Didn't bring that up earlier, but we are going to briefly go over news from around the NHL. Obviously, we talked about the Caps and the Bruins. We got Sharks, Ducks. Uh, we'll briefly talk about the return of the prodigal son and John Tavares going back to Toronto Leafs Canadians last night. Maple Leafs taking on the Montreal Canadiens with Toronto taking a 3-2 to two overtime win. The winner coming from the stick of Austin Matthews, just another one of those dazzling young talents in Toronto. Matthews scored twice in the win. Mentioned Tavares scored in his Leafs debut. Uh, Montreal putting up a very good fight with Andrew Shaw scoring to tie it 2-2. Two to two late in the second period, but, you know, honestly, with the expectations for Montreal this season, getting a point in a road game in Toronto might actually be a moral victory for this team 
with the way that they're so downtrodden coming into the season with Shea Weber, you know, on the shelf. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, the, the Weber situation really sucks because it, tra- it makes that trade look worse and worse every day. You it was know, a bad trade to begin with. It was a bad trade to begin with, <laughs> and then it just it just gets worse when Shea Weber can't play, um, and obviously that's not his fault. But and for those of you at home who are a little bit behind in the times, that trade we are referencing, of course, being PK Subban for Shea Weber if straight been, up. If you've been living under a hockey rock for years, then you don't know about that. But anyhow, that would be well, the you know well, the one interesting thing to take away from last night's game was that it's just. It's so funny when a team opens up the season with, you know, it's two super, it's two superstars that everyone's watching the most. Of course, score the two goals, <laughs> score the three goals um, between Matthews getting two, including the game winner, and then John Tavares immediately coming in and grabbing a goal. Yeah, you know, and if we know immediately endearing himself to the fan base. And if we know Maple Leafs fans, they're obviously not going to overreact and get all hyped up about it. Oh no, totally, totally <laughs> never. Not. That's not Just, something Toronto you know, fans that's not, do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, think about it, like. That I mean, but the biggest focal point for the least this year is going to be that defense. That defense is oh, if they if they step up even a little bit, right? Exactly, and that defense is. I mean, I, I like guys like Morgan Riley. I think Morgan Riley is really great. Um, but you know, other than that, it's it's a little bit weak, and it's going to be definitely. Oh, Jake Gardner, I think I think is also good, but I think in general that that unit is not the strongest, and that's going to sort of drag them down. I'm also not a huge. I'm also not a huge uh, Freddie Anderson guy. Personally, but um, what you got against Denmark? No, I got nothing against Denmark. I love Denmark. <laughs> I don't think I've I haven't been, but I do like Denmark. Um, but that's and you know that's and again they this is a that's a unit that led up two goals to the to the Canadians last night, and the Canadians are probably gonna have one of the worst offenses in the league. I don't doubt so, it. So like bottom like, five team, like on bottom like, five and on on paper that offense is one of the is one of the poorest in the whole league. So. For even, you know, you can see the weaknesses in the Leafs even in that win. So that's something they just need to be aware of. Um, Want to move? Yeah, we'll move yeah, we'll on. Go on to we'll move on. Uh, last game of the night. The Canucks came out and beat the Calgary Flames 5-2. to two. Elias Pettersson scoring his first career goal on it's just an absolute snipe. It was so. It was such a snipe that Mike Smith didn't even see it at any point. Like, yeah, well, Mike Smith's also about fifty-five at this point. But you're yeah. right. No, it, it's. Uh, it, I mean, that was the an kid's abs- fantastic. I mean, that was an absolute laser. Like he just came, he came down, and and that's the thing. You see, Mike Smith. He he was going for it. He missed it, and it was he missed it, and it was so. He literally, it was so quick and it came out of the goal so fast that he literally thought it had missed the net and he like went to the other side. Of, he went to the yeah. other post. He went post to post. It was basically back bar. And as a goalie myself, I can tell you, you know, our reactions when we see the puck out of the corner of our eye coming out of the net that fast, yeah. we're thinking, okay, went crossbar, went post, something like that. Where we're yeah. reacting to it. It was such a good shot, though. Like you mentioned, yeah, it was an, back bar beauty. I mean, that was an beauty. absolute bullet. And. Pedersen's so, going to be real good. I mean, yeah. A lot watching, of young talent out there. Watching this Pedersen kid, he's, you know, he's special. That's for sure. And he'll, he'll be one to watch. Um, you know, is it too early to start hyping the Canucks? Doug. I mean, are we going to start Doug, hyping the Canucks? Doug, no. Time? Look, I love, I love Pedersen. His game is fantastic. They have a lot of real good talent out I mean, the there. Fl- and Jonathan the Flames, Dolan's the Flames are, the Flames are no good. slouch. The Flames are no slouch. No, I know. But, you know, Bohorvat, I love. Obviously, Brock, Brock, Brock Besser. Besser. You know, Prince Charming out there at that flow. They have a lot of really young talent, but young talent doesn't always win you games.
But this is a team that is a few years away. Their defense is still meh to me outside of, you know, Alex Edler's fine. You know, Tanev's fine out there too. Um, and, you know, it's just there's a big hole in that I, there I with know, Jacob Markstrom. There's great talent there, and they will develop, especially with the absence of the Sedins are going to need them to. But it's they're, they're a few years away. They're a few years away. Yeah, I'm just saying they they could sniff a playoff spot this year. I'm just It is a weak division. I'll give I mean, you it's that, a but. it's a weak division. Um you know, I, I actually like their defense decently enough. Chris Tanev, uh, I really love Troy Stacker. He was injured a lot of last year, but when he wasn't injured, he didn't do so great. You know, they could definitely <laughs> they could use an upgrade in gold. You know, Jacob Markstrom's not amazing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've since he's in since he was in Florida, I've been a big Jacob Markstrom I, I like critic. Him. I think I like he's. Him. I think he's a big body, but he's a little slow, um, and he just. And I mean that in terms of obviously goaltending. Yeah. Um, but he, to me, he's just not. He's not a long-term answer. Obviously, they have Thatcher Demko waiting the wings. Um, you know, quick shout out to to Michael Gartig, former Quinnipiac goalie, who's uh, in that system as well. Obviously, Demko though being the guy out there in Vancouver eventually, but. To me, there's a lot of young talent, but you've got to wait on that young talent. Just like Colorado last year, they had um, a lot of young talent finally take that big step forward, especially in Nathan McKinnon, but also, you know, uh, Miko Rantanen and, um, you know, guys like that. Gabe Landeskog had a good year. Mm-hmm. But you got to wait for that, those steps to come. Obviously, yeah. guys like in Ottawa, they're going to be waiting for those those steps to come. And it's going to take Ottawa a long time. But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's besides time. the point. Um, Ottawa, of course – Nowhere near the beauty of the long-term traditional franchise like Vegas. Uh, and making that joke aside, speaking of expansion teams, let's slide into our update on Seattle. A very brief update just for your folks at home who aren't aware. The National Hockey League uh, came out with their executive committee saying that they are recommending Seattle's bid um, for a professional hockey team. It was a unanimous decision. They said, you know, we support this. This would be something we do. Um, Seattle, obviously supportive of it as well. Renovations underway, or soon to be underway, on Key Arena out there. And I'm excited to have, A, you know, an, an even balance of team, 32 teams instead of 31. It's a little weird with Vegas in there. But I'm excited for another expansion team. The expectations are going to be significantly higher just because of what Vegas did. And I don't see Seattle getting anywhere close. Obviously, just in general, going to the Stanley Cup Finals, right. only two teams get to do that. But right. I don't see Seattle getting anywhere near close to the playoffs just because teams are going to be a lot more skeptical of how they handle an expansion draft this time. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Like their their roster is not going to benefit from the surprise that Vegas took. You know, Vegas took that element of surprise, and now everyone's going to be much more aware. I don't know if they're even going to. Maybe they'll tweak the draft rules for all we know. Um, But yeah, it's it's a really cool. I'm really happy for them to get a new franchise. Um, I think Seattle actually is a great place for expansion. Of course. Um, you know, the Upper Northwest, um, they, they, what's interesting about the Upper Northwest, in my mind, um, I have a friend who's from Portland, Oregon, and okay. what he tells me about the sports teams is, the sp- for example, the Portland Timbers. The Portland Timbers have one of the best fan bases in the, in the, in the MLS, um, you know, great fan base, and what my friend tells me is it's because... Everyone is everyone in the Upper Northwest is so like want to do with the opposite of the establishment, so to speak. And I'm not speaking. And obviously, I'm not talking about everyone there. I'm just talking about you know this is the general vibe that he gets, and that's why the Timbers are so popular because the MLS is not very popular. So 
I actually see with the NHL not being so incredibly mainstream, I could yeah. see a Seattle team actually, it's, it's a Seattle hockey brother. team it's actually, the fourth brother among, right. among the, the big major sports. Yeah. yeah, and I could see a Seattle team doing very well with a fan base up there, especially with what um, they name it. I'm excited to see what they name. It. By the way, if they're not going with like, like what was it the other day? I've seen I a saw? couple. I've seen ones. some interesting I've ones. Seen good ones. Um, like Yeti or Sasquatch was one of them. I was like, interesting. interesting. I saw, I saw Kraken. Crack. That was what Kraken, I was trying to think. There's like some like, mythical beast yeah. I can't think of. Kraken's a cool Kraken one. or we riot. I Kraken, refuse Kraken's anything a, else. Kraken's a I was real trying to think. Cool I was like, what was, what was the name of it that I was seeing the other day? Like, I'm really excited. I'm like, it wasn't Bigfoot or Yeti or something else. That was yeah, crazy. Kraken. Kraken or we riot. Can you imagine going up against a team, Call the, the Kraken. Seattle Kraken? Oh yeah. my God. And that'd then, be, that'd be beautiful. I mean, that's, that's the one that I've, the main The marketing right itself. I, that's the main one I've been seeing. I've seen a couple. Uh, I've seen the totems. I've, I've seen, seen totems. Yeah. Totems, uh, emeralds, because it's the Emerald City. Right. Um, uh, I've seen like steelheads. That's a common yeah, one. Yeah, but but Kraken Some has fish reference. Kraken has definitely picked up the most uh, the most hype for good reason because Kraken Kra- or we riot. Krakens are Kraken bad or we ass. riot. So I refuse anything let's, else. let's hope for that. Um, but anyhow, let's move on. Let's talk about some of the injuries that we're already seeing at the beginning of the season, um, stuff that happened in the preseason. So for starters, uh, Corey Perry of the Anaheim Ducks, a former Hart Trophy winner, which, is, which still, <laughs> blows, which still blows my mind. Hasn't, uh, hasn't played like that in recent years, but no. that's besides the um, point. But anyhow, Corey Perry got injured in a preseason warm-ups of a preseason game, and now he requires knee surgery. He will be out for five months. Yeah, and we're we're seeing a lot of big name preseason injuries this year, especially but just in general, and it's kind of frightening for a lot of teams to even risk it. Like you know, guys like Corey Perry or also you know, uh, a Tory Krug, Seth Jones. These are big names right. that got hurt in the preseason. Uh, both Krug and Jones on the IR for Boston and Columbus, respectively. Those are guys where it's like, yeah, you want to get them into some live action, but you know what you're getting from them. Exactly. You know what's coming. And honestly, I understand shaking off rust. But if I'm a coach in the NHL, which thankfully I'm not because I would do terribly. Um, <laughs> but if I was a coach in the NHL, I would not be playing my big guys outside of more than two games, if not just one. Because yeah. the risk of an injury, especially like Seth Jones. So I, you or, know, or, I'm going to kind of spoil you know a later segment, but not really. Um, Seth Jones was my sleeper pick for the Norris this year. That's how good he's been playing. And now he's out with a knee injury um, well into the season. Obviously, he's not going to be a Norris Trophy winner now. Hopefully, he comes back for a Columbus team that's potentially on the bubble for the playoffs that might have to be dealing Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky because they're unrestricted free agents after this year that have indicated they might not re-sign in Columbus. Right. Now that Jones is out, your entire season, A, because he's a great player, but also because off the ice, your entire season has changed. Right. Because of a preseason injury. And that's the thing with Columbus is that, yeah, you're right. Like, Columbus is already a team that needs to make it happen, not just this year, but they need to happen, make it happen early this year. Because they, oh, yeah. they need to know if they're going to be a contender or a not. A slow start because, and they're selling. Right, exactly. Like, if they if they don't start well, then, yeah, they're, they're going to ship Panera and they're going to probably ship Bobrovsky um, because they need to, you know. So it, if they get off to a slow start and without Seth Jones, it's going to make it much more likely they get off to a slow start than, yeah, like that, you know, they might have to torpedo this whole team this year. And, you know, sucks for that franchise. So, and, you know, it's definitely not a great way to start off. And, and you, and, you know, you make a good point, too, that in the preseason, you know, maybe you shouldn't be having you guys go so hard. Um, obviously, you know, Tory Krug was injured. And 
you know, you saw last night how important <laughs> Tory and, and this happens every year. This happens every year with the Bruins. A key piece of that defense gets injured. And Give they me a Bruins rant. I want the Bruins rant. Okay. Give it to every me. Time, Give me the Bruins rant. Every time a key defensive piece gets injured, that team falls apart. Last year it was Chara. Chara was, Chara was out for a few games last year, and, you know, you immediately see that team fall apart. They just they did not know how to handle it. You know, Tory Krug has started to become that guy and, you know, more of an offensive guy, but he's just so good at setting everything up. He's good at, um, you know, making stops in the back, but then making the smart play going up front. And that was just missing last night. It was, it was missing for the Bruins, and and they they can't have guys like that out too long. And they also need to start planning for a future without Zdeno Chara. Um, and and look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe in coincidences. Dunkin' Donuts said they're going to change their name to just Dunkin', and the mm-hmm. Boston Bruins are 0-1 since that's happened. I don't believe in coincidences. Okay, it was a seven nothing loss. It wasn't even like a two right. to one. It was seven nothing. All right, if the I'm Red Sox, pretty sure if the Red Sox lose in the division series to the Yankees, I will I will put some credence to that <laughs> to that rumor. But, but the Bruins Bruins are zero one. But for right now, until the Bruins win a game, we are boycotting Dunkin' Donuts. I think the Patriots. Here the first. Patriots have won since. Not that came. I'm a Bruins fan by any I means. Think the so I really don't won, mind because they announced the, they announced this change last week, right? Yeah. Okay, so the so the Patriots have won since then. Yeah, but you Just know and the Bruins are the Bruins are like, oh yeah, good thing the Patriots won as we lose seven nothing. You know, gotta go get their dunks. It's important. Yeah. Anyway, no, no free adver- well, no free advertising. No free. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, please sponsor me. I love you. Yeah. Um, outside of free sponsorship, uh, but you know, just yeah. just recapping those preseason injuries. Yeah. And um, here, Alex Galchenyuk, you know, on the IR for Arizona after that big offseason trade with Montreal. That's mm-hmm. a tough one to swallow, but. On the other end of that trade, Max Domi also didn't play much in the preseason for yeah. very different reasons. Well, and, and you know what? This goes back to talking about just – I don't understand how this could have happened in the preseason. And so obviously – The dumbest thing I've ever to seen To recap, um, Max Domi, you know, absolutely walloped Aaron Ekblad um, in a preseason game. With a sucker punch. With a sucker punch. Yeah, very you know, Ekblad wasn't trying to fight and Domi just got all up in his face and socked him. Um, you know, Domi got suspended for the rest of the preseason. Um, I don't think he got suspended for any of the regular season, though, right? No, so that's, no, that's, that's that was the one and... that was the one major thing that was blowing up on social media that was frustrating was the fact that Domi was not suspended for the regular season, yeah. any regular season games. Um, so the issue itself as a whole, like we talked about, um, Ekblad, uh, this is a guy who is a first overall pick, a very good defenseman for Florida, a very key part of a team that could be a sleeper this year. And the defenseman um, has concussion issues. And you're going to go in the preseason. Max Domi over here is vying for that first-line center spot for a Canadian team that's been looking for a center for years. And he goes out there. He gets in Ekblad's face after Ekblad plays him tough and then throws a sucker punch against a guy who clearly doesn't want to fight in a meaningless preseason game because he has concussion issues. Right. So, you know, that was the issue. And then Domi was suspended the rest of the preseason by the NHL um, Department of Player Safety. Uh, and the one of the issues with that was there's was no in-person hearing, so they couldn't suspend him for more than five games, which ended up being the rest of the preseason. Um, and the the issue for Domi and Montreal, I guess, is the fact that they wanted to see what he's what he's like as a top line center because he's not a top line center. He's going to do terribly as a top line center, and that trade was just crazy. But that's besides the point. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, I guess that hurts them. They don't get a long look at him. But 
you're throwing a sucker punch at a guy with concussion issues that doesn't want to fight. He played you tough. Grow up. Deal with it. That's hockey. Yeah. They're not going to go out there and give you a pat on the back as you score a goal on them. Well, and, and, They're going to play tough. It's hockey. And again, it's it's one thing if it's in the regular season, but in the preseason, that's just... That's I, my major it's, issue. It's, it's, a, it's a really bad look. And, I mean, Domi is going to have a target on his back for the rest of the year for... I think for more people than just the Panthers, obviously when they play the Panthers, that's going to be big. Yeah, Ekblad was already – the Panthers were pissed. They were so mad. Oh, Luongo yeah, was mad. Luongo is one of the most easygoing guys yeah, in he the never league. Gets, he doesn't get mad about And anything. Luongo was pissed. Ekblad, after the game, said, quote, scores will get settled at a later date. Those two teams play in December. Keep an eye out for those fireworks. It's going to be real fun because, uh, yeah, I cannot see Max Domi getting away without getting at least one fight if not – a lot more shenanigans. They're not happy about it. Yeah. Like I said, it's a guy with concussion issues, right. and he's getting punched in the face. Yeah, you're um, gonna stick up for your teammate. Yeah, he'll get some action. He'll yeah. get the action he was looking right. for, to say the least. Um, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna talk a little speaking bit. Of <laughs> speaking of suspensions, speaking of some suspensions, <laughs> and this is this is always a fun one for me to talk about. Um, Tom Wilson, noted, the human garbage can, noted scumbag, <laughs> um, was suspended twenty games by the league. Um, he was suspended 20 games for his hit on... Oscar Sundquist. Oscar Sundquist, that's right. Sorry, it was escaping me. Yep. St. Louis Blues forward, yep. for those who don't know him, which in all fairness... In, in fairness, it's not a big name, but it doesn't matter because right. his name's not the one that's important. It's Tommy Boy. So Tom Wilson and what the what the Department of Player Safety said when they handed out the suspension was... You know, this is he's a repeat. He's a repeat offender, not just he's a repeat offender. He is a repeat offender on an unprecedented pace. He, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I think someone. I think I saw the fact it was that he has been suspended four times in the last 100 games or 108 games or something like that. That's insanity. Like that's how do you get suspended that much? And so I'll give you the numbers on it. It's the fourth suspension for Tom Wilson since last September. 105 games. 105 games, which also included a postseason suspension. Right. And it is the longest suspension in the NHL since Rafi Torres got 41 games back in 2015. Right. Which was huge at the time, but did not set the precedent that people thought it would. Yeah, apparently not. And the thing is, so Wilson's teammates are obviously not happy about it. Their argument is that, you know, this is is the sort of hit that they, that they, that we're trying to do instead. And which is stupid because Wilson was clearly going for was clearly headhunting. It's but funny because the Capitals now feel like everyone that Tom Wilson hits feels they were blindsided, right? And it's kind of ironic because they're like you know they're 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 arguing for this guy and Caps fans will argue for this guy and it's really easy to spot a Capitals fan because uh, find the person that defends Tom Wilson and that's a Capitals fan because. There's no one else around hockey that will defend him. There's Capitals yeah. fans that won't defend him. And it's for a good reason. What people don't realize with hockey, with sports as a whole, is, and we talked about this with, with uh, Ekblad, these are human beings. These are guys who get injured. They go through things. They go through tough stuff. And Tom Wilson going out there and headhunting and going with these illegal checks showing not only zero remorse but also zero ability to retain information of, hey, don't do this, idiot, when he gets suspended. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that is ending people's careers or hurting people's careers, or at least the potential for both. Um, not necessarily yeah. he's ended anyone's yet. But, like, the bottom line is these are human beings that you're changing the course of their lives with a hit that could affect, especially the head, concussion mm-hmm. issues in the NHL. And this is the poster boy for that right now. Right. And you know what? 
it's it's just weird because it's the, the evolving nature of the game. Um, you know, enforcers are not as big of a part course. of the game anymore, but they still exist. And and Wilson is you know a pretty prototypical enforcer, and he needs but he needs to figure out a way to do his job that involves not headhunting people. It's it's pretty simple. Like don't cheap shot them, don't headhunt them. And especially and, with that new contract he got too. Right. Exactly. They, they you know they want him around. I think. When he, you know, he's and he was adjusting to playing top line minutes with, you know, I think he was supposed to be running on a line with Ovi and uh, Kuznetsov. Is that right? It, or with, it's it's scary. Yeah, that is correct. Right. But it's it's frightening. But right. like right, and exactly like they they want him to step up and be the guy, but he can't step up and be the guy if he's watching from the press box. So just for the contract uh, background, until twenty twenty four, he's making five point one six million dollars a season. And he's going to spend a quarter of that this year sitting in the press box, as you mentioned. Look, I get it, Tom. You play physical, you play aggressive. And that's great that you play physical and you play aggressive because that's how a lot of hockey's played. And that's how you open up space for guys like Kuznetsov and Ovechkin to get out there. And he's a good body in front of the net. He's got decent hands. He's got decent speed. But here's the bottom line is when you cross that line, when you cross into the territory of injuring players and getting suspended, you're costing your team. You're taking up a big cap hit now, which was a ridiculous contract when you signed it. It'll be a ridiculous contract in five years. It'll be a ridiculous contract. You know, the, the moment you inked the paper, was it was stupid. Obviously, I don't blame Tom for signing it because that's, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, but it's a lot of cap hit to waste on a guy who is, you know, his career year, he's putting up just over 30 points. Like, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous to yeah. me. And the, you know what? He's great at what he does. When he crosses that line, he costs his team more than he helps it. Right, definitely. And 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 what I will say too is, as a Bruins fan and as a Marchand, def, you know, I will defend Brad Marchand. <laughs> Marchand stand. I will I get will, on your get on I your soapbox. I will defend Brad Marchand till the day I die. But the difference between I'll Tom Wilson, the, corner, the difference between between Tom Wilson and Brad Marchand is Brad Marchand is just irritating and and I don't and he yeah he's definitely hurt people before he's pulled the. You know, pulled slew foots, pulled, you know, all of that bad stuff. Yeah. You know, licked people's faces. <laughs> but he doesn't he doesn't hurt anybody in general. I will he's I will too, he's too small. I'll he's too briefly small. Briefly to talk about Marshand. Um I, I think you're you're right in the point. You're, he's very different than Tom and Wilson. The other the other oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the 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 real quick thing I will say is yes, he's very different than Tom Wilson. Yes, you know, it's frustrating seeing him pull off some some Dirty things, like you said, slew foots. Um, you know, he'll low bridge a guy. He'll do some things that make you go, "Why?" He'll look a guy's face. Ryan Callahan's not a donut, right? You know, but the other thing that Brad Marchand can back it up with, and the reason that I somewhat can believe him when he says, "I'm going to try and change," even though that obviously didn't happen last night, as it gets an instigator penalty. Um, the reason that it's better for him is this is a guy that's a top fifteen, top ten player in the NHL. Right. He can score. He can play. He, he's very good he's at actually skill. playing hockey. He's exactly. not just a pest anymore. I used to think there's a guy that's just a pest. He's a very skilled winger. Exactly. Tom Wilson is not that same player. And it's frustrating because Marshan crosses the line. It's like, why do you do that? You don't need to. Wilson crosses the line. It's like, you definitely don't need to do that. But like, It is, but it's at least part you, of his personality. It's part of your game, right? of but his... like you got to rein it in a bit. Marshan, it's frustrating when he does it just because like, you don't need to. But like yeah. Wilson, it's it's part of his game and he needs to eliminate it before someone gets hurt. Totally. And I, I agree. That's what I was going to say about Marshan is that he does he does this stuff. Sometimes he'll he'll have a momentary lapse and he'll kind of break out and be, you know, a shithead again. I'm going to just say that. Um, <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way to describe it. But 
But, I I, but what I will say is it was the only good the only good thing that the Bruins did last night. The only thing I was happy about was when Brad Marchand took it to Lars Eller. Um, I mean, some people will disagree. Some people will be like, "Oh yeah, he was fighting you a guy." Can't see me shrug fighting, my shoulders. But fight, I'm fighting my shoulders. a guy who doesn't need to fight. But listen, when you're down seven nothing in a game and nothing's going right for you, and your team needs a morale boost, that's and and you know um, what? And you do, and somebody else on the other team does something that is considered disrespectful. Okay, yeah, that's 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 when yeah, you need a guy. That's like, the part like, I can and agree that's, with. And at that, you know what? At that point, Mar- Martian's like, it's more valuable. For me to go out there and stand up for my team and get ejected, than it is for me to stay in this game at this right. point. And it's seven nothing, so you're right about that. Right. The one thing I will agree with you about that, I, you know, I think in in theory on paper, fighting a random guy and instigating a, a fight, you know, when you're down seven nothing is just stupid. Um, that's just for me. I will agree. There's no need for Lars Eller to celebrate as much as he is in right. a seven in a seven game. Yeah, exactly. Mostly because I can relate as a goalie if a game where I'm down by that much and I get scored on and someone celebrates. I've had that. I was in a playoff game in high school where we're down 8-1 to one against the best team in the state. Uh, team ended up winning state championship. You know, it's Florida, so take it right. with a grain of salt. But, um, and they score to go up 9-1, to one, and the guy goes to center ice and does push-ups. You know, so obviously Crazy. our team went to go fight him. Yeah, our team goes to fight him, and you know, and, and so I can understand where Martian's coming from that situation, and which he, is one of the rare times that the record show, one of the rare times will actually and actually side with Brad Martian. And Martian, you know, beat the block off that guy too. That was awesome. Like he he beat the chip off the block and the block itself. It's amazing. Um, anyhow, we beat that yeah. one to death. Uh, let's move <laughs> Speaking on. Speaking of beating the block to the <laughs> let's move let's move on. Um, we wanted to look at. You know, the, some most of the restricted free agents uh, who were holding out have signed, but there's one major one left. That's William Nylander um, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and um, uh, obviously a very big name, right? Like and mentioned. he's and he's a very key piece of that team. Um, definitely somebody who they want to have in their plans now. But he's he's not really happy with what he's being offered from the Leafs. And I mean, obviously they're trying to balance everything they they can now that they got Tavares. So. Um, you know, it's it's a tricky situation, obviously, especially because Nylander's still so young. He wants to get locked up for a while, but now that Tavares is there, it's it kind of screws up those plans. Yeah. And they have they have some decent cap space. It's less about this year than it is in the future, as you mentioned, with right. those plans. Um, so just for, for context, you know, William Nylander for Toronto, 61 points last year in 82 games. Fantastic top six guy. You know, can probably put him on the top line. He's only 22 years old, and that's the the frightening thing is he's coming off an entry level deal, and that's why he wants his money. And you'll see a lot of guys his age, and his skill level, and with his production, getting these usually bridge deals, um, and you'll see those in the you know five, four, three year mark of six million, six and a half, seven somewhere around there. But then you have, you know, Nylander's looking around the league and he's saying, hey, I'm a young guy. I want my production. I want to sign a longer-term deal. And, you know, and he came out and he said it. He said, you know, I have to look out for myself. And, you know, you can't blame him. This is, no, you know, this not. is his life. This is his career. You know, so obviously I don't blame him for wanting to go out and signing, you know, a six, seven-year deal with, you know, seven, eight, nine million dollars a season. And I don't think Toronto can necessarily look at that right now, but it's something that they're going to have to because yeah. you know, a line, a lineup – with Mitch Marner, 
with William Nylander, with Austin Matthews, with John Tavares, with Nazem Kadri, with Patrick Marlowe. This is one of, if not the best attacks in the NHL that can score goals. And And you've got to get him in here if you're going to go for the cup. And I think that Nylander has a lot of leverage because I think, like, listen, this offense is already great, but they're eyeing the cup and they know that they need all hands on deck. And I think, and he knows that, and I'm sure his agent knows that. And with Nylander in that top six, it becomes arguably the best top six in the whole league. You know, yeah, between, I mean, the lines I'm looking at right now would be Hyman, Tavares, Marner, Marlowe, and then Marner, and then Marlowe, Matthews, Nylander. That's a nasty, nasty top six. And that's the kind of elite top six you need if you're going to go the whole way. And the Leafs are eyeing that. They also need to step out their defense, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's but that's point. besides the point. Um, um, just for some comparables from Hockey Reference uh, for you folks at home, um, they, they do a great job of comparing similar level players uh, in terms of uh, both point production, their age, all that kind of thing. Uh, so some of these similar players and their contract status, just for you folks at home, Nikolai Ehlers out in Winnipeg, 22 years old, just like Nylander, uh, produces a very similar level. He's making $6 million a season until 2024. Um, that's probably around the deal Toronto would like to make, although it's probably the low end of where Nylander wants. The high end being Jack Eichel, 21 years old, similar production. Um, Eichel a little bit better in that production, but he's been a little bit more hurt, so it's a little give and take. He's making $10 million a season for a long time. That's not going to happen for Nylander just because of the fact that that's just not an option for Toronto paying uh, Tavares. And then with Austin Matthews' deal coming up soon. Um, the one that's interesting to me is Dylan Larkin, who's 22, making 6.1 against the cap um, for the next few years. Those are all the comparable players for Nylander per hockey reference. And I think $6 million is the low end of where Nylander wants to see that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he makes a bridge for three years, you know, maybe some high-end money. I could see a five-year deal at around, you know, six and a half, seven would be my range from Toronto. And Nylander would have to probably step down a bit from where he's looking, but that'd be my guess. But as a whole, the thing that I find the most interesting is uh, Brendan Shanahan coming out and saying, uh, which obviously is, you know, he big, big name in that front office for Toronto. Quote, when I get together with some of my old mates from the cup years in Detroit, we talk about winning together and growing together, and that's what we remember. We all found a way to fit with each other so that we could keep adding to the group. That's obviously what we're asking some of our young leaders to do, referencing taking less money for the sake of the team. The big difference is that wasn't during a time with a salary cap. And right. the money nowadays, looking, doing the um, – There's a. I got to find the reference so I can give credit where it's due. I saw it on Twitter. Um, they did the inflation, essentially, of the salary cap. And when Shanahan was playing, the salary cap back then would have been, in, in, uh, in today's standard, around $111 million. <laughs> Today, it's, yeah. you know, well below that. So, you know, it's a little bit different for Shanahan. But the other thing is, like, you know, Nylander deserves what he wants to get. And as much as every hockey fan wants to think, yeah, you know, my, my guys love the team. They're going to go team first and do a team-friendly deal. They deserve the money that they're going to get. I mean, this is a business, you know. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's a business. These guys have worked their, their whole lives to get to this level. You know, you work harder and you're, and you're better than everyone else, and that's why you get to play at this level. And so, you know what? If you think you're worth 
a certain thing. These guys are, you know, they're freelance contractors. They they can go wherever they want and they can, you know, make their contracts work with however they need. Um, and you can't blame them. I mean, this is their livelihoods, you know, and they only get to play for a certain amount of years. They have to retire a lot earlier than, than most than most professions. And in all fairness, they do make more money, but you're right. It's, right. it's harder to make. It's harder to stay in more, that job. And you make more money for fewer years. And so and very again, high talented position. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's it definitely does not. Uh, I I can never blame guys for holding. Well, sometimes I can, but, <laughs> but almost never. My my one one small last thing I will say is just tossing in my always my 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 constant hatred of the restricted free agency system because in theory any team in the NHL right now would love to sign Will Nylander. A lot of teams have the cap space and willingness to do it. Um, and I don't know whether it's an old boys club of GMs not wanting to piss each other off. I don't know if it's because the compensation is so weak that Toronto would match it immediately and then be mad at whatever team did it. No one's signing RFAs anymore. No one signs a restricted free agent. So, you know, Nylander's stuck. He's stuck in his position. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's preview the big games this week. Yeah, let's start looking for the, for the, the next week of games. Um, we'll start off with Thursday. Which is today. That would be today. Yeah, and uh, we're not sure exactly when um, – the pocket, this podcast will be out. Hopefully, it'll be out by tonight, if not tomorrow. Um, so it might be old news, but we do have a few games we're excited to watch. Definitely. Um, first on the docket, we have the Islanders against the Hurricanes with the debut of Andre Sveshnikov. 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 I was yeah, close. Yeah. Take a take a um, take a shot every time you mispronounce his name. We'd both be dead in the next twenty minutes. Yeah. So um, the 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 that'll exciting, be exciting. Yeah. Yep. Um, we have the Capitals back in action, taking on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Yep, our, um, uh, our esteemed producer, Nick Kenyon, big shout-out to him for every, all the work that he does. A Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I'm sure he's going to be looking forward to watching that game and hoping for a better outcome than your Bruins, Doug. Yep, well, and speaking of the Bruins, they're back in action again. Uh, they will be taking on the uh, Sabres in Buffalo, and we will get to see the long-awaited debut of Rosmus Dahlin. Oh, which that's I that's also that is the rec- that is the that correct is the correct way to say Rosmus Dahlin. I guarantee a lot of commentators will be saying Rosmus Dahlin, but it is Dahlin. But it is Dahlin. We have done the research. But it is Dahlin. They've done a good job so I, far of saying Dahlin. I mean, for me, it's you know, it's always going to be tough to watch Dahlin because man, he is fun to watch and he is such a he's so so good and it just sucks that he's you know he's in the Atlantic Division for both of us. <laughs> um, and so, if if, uh, if we're excited about trying to pronounce this guy's name, imagine how good he is on the ice, folks. It's gonna man. Be he's he's magical, and I am just so excited to watch him. Um, First la- overall pick. So, and then one more notable game we got for you. We got the Winnipeg Jets taking on the new look St. Louis Blues. They Should brought on br- brought on a lot of talent this off season. Um, you know, the Blues have always sort of been one of those middle of the road teams, not able to completely put it together. But they brought on a lot of talent this year. Um, in the offseason, bringing in hometown hero Patrick Maroon. Uh, yeah, they got Tyler Bozak, too. Ryan Tyler. O'Reilly, that was a big trade yep. from Buffalo. They got um, David Perron back. Yeah. Um, David Perron has signed four contracts in his career in the NHL, all four with St. Louis, despite the fact he's played for a boatload of teams. That's yeah. always the most interesting stat to me. Yeah. So, um, let's look ahead to tomorrow. San Jose back in action at Los Angeles, playing, on, playing against the Kings. That should be a fun game to watch between those two, as it always is. And that and we get to see um, uh, what's his face Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, Ilya Kovalchuk coming back. Ilya Kovalchuk. That'll we be fun to watch. Ilya Kovalchuk making re-entering the NHL. And see what, um, if what magic he's got left in his you know late thirties wheels. Mm-hmm. 
and it should be fun to see that on Friday. Saturday's games, a little personal for me, should be interesting to watch. Florida visits Tampa Bay. I know, like I said, it's personal, but those two always put on a great show, and uh, the new-look Panthers team on ice for the first time should be a good back-and-forth battle. Chicago taking on St. Louis. That will be a good one as well. Two teams looking to prove something, especially, as you mentioned, those new-look St. Louis Blues. Um, and then, of course, Chicago with a home opener the next day on Sunday versus Toronto. Yeah, and the United Center will be rocking. You know, they're going to be trying to get in Austin Matthews and uh, John Tavares' head real early. Um, not a whole lot of highlights until Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday we will see Colorado in action against Columbus. These are two bubble teams last season. It'll be interesting to see um, kind of how they look in the early goings. Yeah, we mentioned the slow start for Columbus. They need to avoid that for the season if they want to hang on to Panarin and Bobrovsky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then my, uh, my game of the week. This is my, you know, cue the music. This is my game of the week. Bum, bum, bum. Um, real excited. San Jose traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Flyers. Interesting. And, okay. buddy, we get to see the debut of the most electric mascot maybe in the history of professional sports. <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. Gritty. <laughs> Gritty's debut will be because it is the Flyers' home opener. It will, be, it will be Tuesday against San Jose, bringing Eric Carlson into town. Oh, man. I can't, exci- I can't wait to see what that thing <laughs> does. I can't believe you're hyped for Gritty. The I'm so excited. The greatest mascot in the league. You know, everyone bow down to Gritty. Gritty slander will not be tolerated here on the Melting Pond Podcast. No. God and bless Gritty. Yeah. Man, you watch over us all. Um, and then we, we got one more game, uh, interesting game on Tuesday. Uh, L.A. Kings taking on Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Um, again, these are two Western Conference powerhouses. Um, I'm really excited to see how this uh, Jets team starts the year off. You know, and like we were talking earlier, I don't believe in coincidences. Scott Hartnell did not retire for no reason. Scott Hartnell is gritty. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I refuse okay. any other schools of thought. Uh, Wednesday, a big Stanley Cup final rematch. Vegas traveling to Washington. That's going to be fun to watch, Doug. Oh, yeah. I'm real excited um, to see how Vegas can uh, – can respond early on, um, especially facing the team that beat them last year in the Stanley Cup Finals. And we do, um, we love ourselves from Vegas. Absolutely, and, they, and they'll and they'll be back in action on Thursday, taking on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Again, good early season test for them, um, going up against some of the league's best. And a big shout out to our fantastic producer Nick Hennion. If we haven't shouted him out already, let's do it again for all the hard work he puts in. He is a big Penguins fan, so uh, I look forward to seeing him next Thursday when we're recording. Uh, before he cries after Vegas wins 7-2. to two. Um, Anyway, <laughs> he's giving me a look. Uh, we'll go into the last game. We're going to preview the game of the week in my mind. Winnipeg at Nashville. These two are always fun to watch when they do get out against each other. A rematch of that great postseason series last year. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams. It's going to be great. Yeah, super exciting. Um, with that, let's move on to... Uh, some of our predictions. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna predict where all the hardware is going, and we'll start with the awards. I have, by the way, for folks at home, just as a one. just as a uh, precursor, we do not know each other's picks. Yeah, we it do not. So we, we might end up picking some of the same people. So I might have to yell at Doug. Continue. <laughs> um, do I do I have to pick one? I guess do you have, so. Do you yeah, have I nominees? guess I, I've I've my winners. No, no, no. I have no. I have winners. I'm just kind of split on this one. Okay, that's fine. Um, who, who, are your, who are you split on? 
I have because I have a dark horse pick and I have a not as dark horse pick. All right, give me your two. I'll hear them both. So the not as dark horse, I'm gonna go with Connor McDavid because I mean, fair enough. Because he's you know because he's him. It's Connor McDavid. Because he's in, and and I also think that the Oilers are gonna bounce back this year. They can they can't possibly be as bad as they were last year, except that they haven't improved their defense much. But whatever. Um, so I like McDavid if the if the Oilers do well. But my dark horse pick, who I who I actually kind of like for this award. If it's a Bruin, I'm drinking. No, it's not a Bruin. Okay, good. <laughs> it's too but early actually, to I mean, Marshan wouldn't have been stop, a bad pick for this. Stop, stop, Douglas. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, my dark horse pick is Mark Shifley of the Ooh. Winnipeg Jets. I do like now, that pick. Now, because Shifley has been getting better and better every year. He only played 60 games last year, but he scored 62 points. Um, his stats have just been getting better and better every year. He's becoming more of a leader on that team, and he's still really young. He's only twenty. He's turning twenty six during this season. Um, he just seems like a player who's been on, who's been consistently on the rise. And this is a team that's getting better and better. And I think he'll be able to give the team that push that it really needs. So Mark Shifley is going to be my. I'll call him my official pick. Okay. I, and I'll stay away yeah. from McDavid. I'll call I'll call Shifley my my. I really like pick. that pick. I think he's done a great job of getting better, as you mentioned. It was a great article came out the other day talking about how his uh, regimen to keep his body in shape, how important it is to him. It's very Tom Brady-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a Boston guy yourself. Well, not, well, I didn't know that, but now I'm sold. Yeah, I was going to say, now, now I'm sure you are uh, a big Mark Shifley guy. Um, my heart trophy pick was the boring one. It is Connor McDavid. Right. I, you're absolutely right. There's no way Edmonton can be as bad as they were last year. I don't have them in the postseason in my predictions that we'll get into later, but I have him contending for a spot, and that was going to be enough. I think the only reason McDavid didn't win the heart last year was simply because of the fact that they were just so terrible, and they were, what, he, 16 points out of a playoff spot? Right, and he, he couldn't do anything to get them into the playoffs. Right, and, and, and at that point, when your team is so far out of the playoffs, you just cannot give the MVP to a guy who, even as much as he did, Mike Trout, just didn't Mike Trout syndrome. Very much Mike Trout syndrome. Yeah. Um, so then we'll move on to the Norris. I mentioned earlier that Seth Jones was my pick before he got hurt. Now I'm going to go a little more west. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking Victor Hedman. Don't worry. <laughs> my pick's Drew Doughty. And the Ooh. reason it's Drew Doughty, as, like I said, it sounds like another boring pick, but it's really not. It's simply because of the fact that the Kings are going to be a better team this year than they were last year. Um, just in terms of the fact that they added in a little more talent and they should be healthier in a very weak Pacific division that they can beat upon a bit more. Dowdy can rack up a little bit more stats. And honestly, I hate this as much. Like, one of the reasons I think he'll win, and it's a reason that I hate more than anything in life, is that a lot of people think that these trophies need to be deserved. Like, oh, he earned one. Even if it's not a great year for them, oh, he earned one. You know, yeah. Victor Hedman, a lot of people said that part of it was because he earned one. I think he actually did. No, earn I mean, a trophy was, last year. He he was very good, but a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Hedman Hedman, you know, deserves one. He he hasn't had one yet, and Dowdy's had a, a, a Norris Trophy already. But I think a lot of people, especially with Canadian media, are gonna look at this great young Canadian boy having a great year and go, you know what? There's just so many nominees, but Drew Dowdy, that's the guy that's been great both ends of the ice. Yeah, and yeah. I think I mean, you know, that's a good pick. Hedman winning last year. I think I don't think he can win back to back unless he outperforms like he did last year. And as good as Lightning are. He's going to have to dramatically do better, and I think he'll do the same that he did last year, still Norse winning quality. Mm-hmm. But to me, one of the other things is also how do they improve? I think Drew Doughty improves, whereas other guys stay similar if not the same, Yeah, which it's still high level, but totally. not enough to convince some voters who yeah. get a little crazy sometimes, like the guy that voted mm-hmm. for Dougie Hamilton as his Norris Trophy 
last year. That oh, was, dude, I love. He was Dougie like Hamilton. second. And I was like, oh yeah, I had Dougie Hamilton as a second my my second place vote. It's like really what? I mean, Dougie so, Hamilton's pretty awesome. Let's let's. Not, yeah, but he's not the second. I love, he's I love, not the I'll, second. I'll always best I'll always have a be, I'll always have a special place right, in my heart he, for he Dougie. He got traded. Hamilton. He got traded. They're not going to trade the second best defense from the NHL. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Anyhow, your Norris pick. Um, my Norris pick. I'm going to go with a guy who actually had a great year last year, but he didn't get a lot of hype for it. Maybe was he? He might have been a finalist. Um, I really like John Carlson from the Washington Capitals. Uh, like I said, he had such a good year last year. I, I mean, was he a Vezina finalist yet? Or not, sorry, not Vezina, a uh, Norris finalist last year. He wasn't a finalist, but he was, if I'm not, yeah, he was top 10 for sure. Uh, I mean, he might he have was... been top five. The top three were, uh, yeah. in order, Hedman, Doughty, Subban. Okay, yeah. So, I, I, John Carlson had such a good year last year, and he had probably, I think he had one of his best scoring years of his career, if not the best scoring year of his career uh, last season. It helped those in and, a contract year, too. Right, and in a contract year, he's, he's such a, He's such a crucial the piece year, of that last team. Year was a contract year. I mean, he, I think Carlson is about as crucial a piece to that team as you know, maybe not as much as Ovi, but he's definitely up there. He hold, he's like the rock of that defense by far. I yeah. mean, he's the most important part of that defense. I mean, he's no Bruce and, or Big. And, and, and this is basically, you know, oh, <laughs> but we're talking. I, like I, mean, I like that shiver. That's good shiver. Um, we're talking about the. MVP of the defense essentially, yeah. and John Car- and on without a good team. and right on a good team and w- and without John Carlson, I think that that defense is not a shade of what it could be. So he's my Norris pick. Fair enough. Um, move on to the Vezina. Let's hear it, Doug. I'm very. I'm he's exa- holding I'm exa- up. I'm okay, folks. One. He's holding up a finger. Holding a finger. He's I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited about this one. All right. Um, I'm gonna hold it in. I'm gonna pick Andre Vasilevsky. Of the, Tampa Bay, of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I have been such a fan of Vasilevsky, you know, since he kind of snuck his way into the starter's job a few, a few years ago. I always liked his game. Um, he had a, he was having a great year last year until he sort of fizzled out. But now that I think he's got a, a full year under his belt, he knows what to expect as a full starter. I think this is the year where his talent really shines through. Um, he'll be able to hold it down for a good team. Um, in the in the Lightning, and generally uh, Vezina winners are on are you know part of really good teams. You know, you look at Pekarene last year. Um, I really like Vasilevsky to take home the Vezina this year. The way you started that out, I was worried you're gonna come in with like Carey Price or Jimmy Howard no, or no, no, or some no, garbage no. goalie. Not that Carey Price is garbage, but he's. I mean, Carey Price was terrible bad. last year, so um, he's a great goalie. He's just not doing well. Right. Which is interesting. Anyway, um, back to on-point subjects. Uh, we share a pick for yeah. the first time. I, I figured I, you might pick it. And now it's going to sound a lot like Homer Bias. I mean, and maybe it is just because I watch the Lightning more than I do anyone else. And that's simply just because of a, a fact of, of who I watch and what I'm watching. But you're, I think all your points are spot on. This is a guy who far and away was the Vesna winner at the halfway point. No one had any doubts. He was incredible. All of his stats led the league. No one had any doubt. And you're right. He fizzled. He got tired. This is a guy that was overworked. Honestly, I think he was overworked. They put him in too many games. They didn't have a reliable backup that they trusted until Louis Domingue kind of came on strong at the end. And his numbers dropped. He had a goals against average over three and a save percentage under 915 in, after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. But before that, and he was, still, he was still a Vesna finalist. That's how good his first half was. And I think that first half... Might not necessarily be sustainable, but he showed glimpses. He was a Vezina nominee. His first year as a starter, he's young too. He's right. he's right about our age, and that's yeah. first off, that's scary because yeah. holy crap. But also, I think he's younger than me. 
He might be, honestly. And uh, I'm going to look that up really quickly just to have that off the top of my head. Um, but this is a guy who is an incredible goaltender. He's very young, very flexible. He's basically Gumby. He's 24 years old, by the way. Um, yeah, he's he's much younger than me. <laughs> um, but this is a guy who, now, as you mentioned, he has a year under his belt and behind a very good team. I think he'll put up the stats to really win it. And I think he doesn't get a lot of credit that he deserves for being as good as he is just because he has a good team in front of him. But he's he's an incredible, incredible goaltender. And it's fun to watch him play. Some of the saves he made. That one against Anze Kopitar last year, the behind-the-back glove save. I've seen a com- that new yeah, that NHL commercial. There's yeah, that was NHL commercial that's been out. That was my that was my favorite year. my favorite save of last year. That's to me that that's awesome. that's a top five save of all time. That's, that's like the Dom Hashik save where he put the blocker on the goal line. It was incredible. Um, but besides my lightning love aside, let's move on to the Calder Trophy. I'll start it off with a guy that we've already raved about to start this podcast, and that's Elias Peterson mm-hmm. or Peterson. Excuse me. I am terrible with his name, but I am very much, very much great with appreciating this young man. He's going to be put in a position to succeed immediately with Vancouver, getting a lot of minutes on a very not great team. Someone has to score. It's going to be Pedersen. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, that that goal last night alone made me want to take him here. <laughs> and I actually wrote him down as the person that I was going to take. But now that you've taken him, <laughs> I, I – and I was thinking – I was reconsidering. You can still keep I would, him if you want. No. I was, reconsider, <laughs> I was reconsidering no. – I was reconsidering anyway. And I'm going to use this opportunity – to take my homer pick, I'm going to go with Ryan Donato of the Boston Bruins. Okay. Ryan Donato, that kid has unreal skill. Um, he was the best player on the U.S. team during the Olympics because, you know, sore subject, the NHL players <laughs> couldn't go. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Ryan Donato came out and played on an international stage against – you know, a lot of guys, I mean, clearly there was a lot of young guys there, but there was a lot of guys who were older than him, and he played way above his years. He played so great. Um, he's a local He's a local Boston guy. He's been around Boston his whole life. Um, you know, his dad has been, his dad's a big hockey guy. Um, I, you know, he's, he's going to start off not in the top six. He's starting off on the third line right now with uh, David Backus and... Yikes. And... Uh, <laughs> Who, who's the other person on that line? Uh, Bacchus and, um, yeah, Sean Corrali. And Yikes. he's starting there, but they've already said he's – but he's going to be on the power play. Uh, they've okay. already confirmed he's going to be on the power play. I wouldn't be surprised with an injury to, let's say, you know, Jake Dabrowski or Dan Heinen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Donato works his way into a top six role and then from there just takes off and becomes the player that we – that I am hoping he becomes. So – I'm officially going to take Ryan Donato as my pick here. My for the, only for the concern Calder. with that pick, and you're absolutely right, a very talented player. My only concern, as you mentioned, is the ice time. If he can get that ice time, it would be right. And that, and that's huge. and this and that'll this pick is contingent on him getting the ice time. But I, I think Catching it'll happen. Your bet, Doug. Mm, yeah, a little bit. You know, that's fine. I don't I don't blame you. Uh, but I'm gonna one, I'm gonna take Donato for that. My one Ryan Donato story is as a former Quinnipiac grad. Quinnipiac being the same conference in hockey as Harvard, where Donato played. And his father is the coach. He's wicked smart. Wicked smart. Um, I still remember Quinnipiac fans chanting at him and calling him. Uh, first, it was uh, Donato because they didn't know how to say his name. Then they realized it sounds like Tomato. And so for the next two years, he was Ryan Tomato. So nice. that's my little Ryan Donato story is I, I can't look at his name without thinking Ryan Tomato. <laughs> um, I did not partake in those chants or anything. I was in the press box, but you could hear it, and it was really funny, and someone – uh, I'm sure 
let's see, Fortnite was around, I'm sure, when he was around. So yeah. I'm sure someone made that tomato Fortnite thing with him. I'm almost Probably. positive I've seen that. Anyway, long story short, yeah. Ryan Tomato. Anyhow. Uh, other story. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, keep, let's keep going. Yeah. Well, we can go through these next ones pretty quickly because yeah, we'll they're, rock through them. they're usually pretty self-explanatory, and I'm assuming we're going to have some of the same people for these. You know, I'm interested Art to Ross. see. Why don't we count down from three and see if we have the same person? Okay. Art right. Ross. One, two, three. McDavid. Connor McDavid. Yep. Right. Okay. You want to go <laughs> straight last names? Yeah, just last names. All right. Rocket Richard. One, two, three. Ovechkin. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, all right. I'm just going to take Ovechkin just because he does it every year, and if last night was any indication, he's not slowing down. I I don't see him slowing down at any time. Again, we've mentioned it. He's probably – he's easily the greatest goal scorer of this generation, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. I think he takes home another Rocket Richard. So I will say I think Ovi scores 50 this year. I think Line A scores 55. The future mm-hmm. okay. is now, old okay. man. Line A runs in there with the Malcolm in the Middle reference and takes the title with a fantastic supporting staff led by your dark horse MVP candidate, Mark Shifley, as well as Blake Wheeler's around there. Line A on that top line with a fantastic Winnipeg team is going to have the opportunity to score and shoot every single puck he sees. Um, you know, If he didn't get hurt last year, the streak he was on going into the end of the year, he might have caught Ovechkin. I think Ovechkin takes the smallest of steps backwards. Not a big one. I think he still gets at least 40, if not 45, mm-hmm. if not 50. I just see Line A putting up buckets of pucks in the net this year. Like he's, I, I use this Sounds quote for Kyle Connor, but I'm going to repurpose it for Patrick Line. I use this in my, pod, in my newsletter, Wise Hockey. Feel free to follow it. Shameless plug. Shout out. Yep, shameless plug. Um, I'm going to use this right now for Line A. Patrick Line A whips biscuits like he works for Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Kid has unreal hands. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. I'm almost positive this next one's going to be the exact same pick. This is the Selkie two-way player. One, two, three, Bergeron. There of course. it is. If yeah. he's healthy, he wins it. That's just yeah, how life works. Of course. I mean, it's it's either going to be Bergeron or Kopitar. It can't be anyone else pretty much yeah. at this point. Um, um, the next yeah. three will probably be a little change in difference. Uh, the Jack yep. Adams, Coach of the Year. Yep. I'm curious to see your picks. We'll, we'll keep them brief. Yeah. So this is always a tricky award to predict at the beginning of the season because you're basically trying to see which team is going to exceed expectations. That's basically right. what you're going with here. So with that in mind, I'm going to go with Rick Toshe of the Rick Air- Tockett. Only reason I know is because <laughs> he was a coach for the Lightning for like two years. Whoops. And that was only he was only the coach because <laughs> because the long-haired arm of the law – in Barry Melrose was around for 16 right. games. Well, you know what? But anyway, I am I am okay like with 19. that pronunciation. That's fine. I'm Rick not going to Ta- judge you too All much. All right. Rick Tockett. It's a judgment-free zone. Yeah. Rick Tockett, Arizona Coyotes. Um, Love that pick, by the way. A lot of people, I think yourself included, are expecting big things from the Coyotes this year, yeah. which maybe that means that I'm actually going against what this pick is supposed to be about. But anyhow, um, I think that the Coyotes finally start to put it together. Um, they don't have a ton of talent on that roster. They have more than they usually have, but it's still not very talented. But the way that they stopped, they, the way that they ended last year, they were one of the hottest teams in the last month of the season. Um, and Taki was definitely no small part of that. So I think he takes that team, turns it around, and I think you know just the emotional sentiment alone would be enough to, to hoist him to the Jack Adams. I'm all about drinking the Arizona Coyotes warm Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> It's I you know I'm high on them. My <clears throat> my only concern with that end of the year argument they're really good, which I've used, so I can't really complain too much. Is that's also what the Islanders had going into last year? Is two years ago they ended the season really really hot, 
and they were garbage. But right. that said, I do agree. I think Arizona has a really good year this year, and I like the Rick Tockett pick. My pick is a little different than how you describe Jack Adams. I'm going with Paul Maurice out in Winnipeg. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's reasonable. I, I I get what you I get what you're going with there. I think I'm very high on Winnipeg this year. You know, Maurice has been around for a while. It's very to me. It's very similar to the whole uh, uh, Norris. Um, argument with like oh who deserves it you know who who's done enough to like they, this is their year they earned it you know um which i hate that but i think that's what's going to happen here the jack adams paul maurice has taken a winnipeg jets team that was pretty meh for a long time and with a good gm also you know and uh kevin Sheveldayoff uh leading the way i'm sure i butchered his name so sorry about that kevin but um paul maurice i think will take that jack adams i think he's done a great job out in there in winnipeg um, we'll move on to GM of the year. I mentioned Winnipeg, but I'm not going there. And this pick's going to probably get me a lot of credit north of the border anyway with Kyle Dubas out in Toronto for landing John Tavares and watching Tavares go off for a beautiful season that leads Toronto to a playoff spot. Totally. I mean, maybe and then some. And that's, you know, that, that's at this point in the pre, you know, at this point in the season, that's all we can go off of is kind of the off season moves and, and I do and have how a sleeper, by the way. I do want to add that also. I'm interested, in but I'll add that. it. I'll, I'll wait until years in case it's the okay. same one. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's probably not a sleeper because this is probably one that a lot of people would be saying too. I'm going to go with Doug Wilson from the San Jose. Yeah, Sharks. I don't know why you sleeper. That was mine too. Oh yeah, that's not sorry. A sleeper. sleeper that's was not a sleeper. Sorry, sleeper was There's Kyle, only real, right Kyle now, Dubas was my sleeper and. Doug Wilson was my go-to. Right. I, I mean, mean well-earned for, for Doug Wilson. The well, what's interesting unreal. is that, like, you know, going out and getting Eric Carlson, obviously, humongous. Um, and for me, in my mind, I know this is stupid because technically this happened last season, but going out and getting Evander Kane, especially as we saw last night, like, Kane put up a goal last night. He was – I think he was such an unbelievable addition for By that team. By the way, team. I'm changing my pick to Wilson. Continue. Okay. okay. I can't. Well, I can't. The more I think about it, the more I hate my pick of Dubas. I okay. Like Wilson. So – I, I love Doug, Doug Wilson as a pick. Um, and like I said, I think going out, and I maybe they won't take this into account, but I think going out and getting Evander Kane was maybe not as big as going out and getting Eric Carlson, but I think it helped complete that offense. Yeah, and, um, and part of it is also it, it's Kane's resetting Kane this offseason. Right, and resetting Kane this offseason. It's fleecing Ottawa twice with the Mike Hoffman swap to Florida. Right which they did better in that trade than Ottawa did, which is sad for Ottawa, but that's besides the point with that dumpster fire of a mess in, in Canada's capital. Um, and then the Eric Carlson trade, where he gave up you know, a handful of crackers and a candy corn for the best defenseman in the NHL when he's healthy and playing well, yeah. which he probably will be soon. Um, he'll probably be, honestly, he, he could be a Norris winner, depending on how good he is. He's been, he carried a terrible Ottawa Senators team to the Eastern Conference Finals on a terrible broken ankle. Yeah, this is a guy that's unreal, and you get him for you know, a, a box of pickles, not even a jar of pickles. The box is all soggy. It's a terrible box. Don't don't take the box. But no, you know what could be behind the curtain? You know, oh, it's a box of pickles, or it could be a better defenseman. And uh, Doug Wilson was able to sell that terrible yeah. box of pickles. Cool. Don't know let's, where uh, I got that reference. Let's move on to the team trophies. Yeah. Well, presidents being the only one, really, and then we'll get well, well, predictions as well. I'm sure for the divisions. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna do predict. We're gonna do the uh, Eastern and Western Conference, right? Right. Do you yeah. want to do presidents first? Yeah, let's do the presidents first. All right. Presidents trophy. Do you want to do three, two, one? Okay. Let's do it. All, All right. right. Three, two, one. Winning. Oh, oh, don't put don't put know, that curse on me, Ricky I, Bobby. No, exactly. don't put that curse I mean, that's on sort me. Of, I mean, that's sort of why I'm doing it. Oh, because, I know. I know right. it is. You're going reverse psychology. But, Get out of here. But I'm going to steal your okay, frock. But, well, here's why. Because <laughs> I genuinely believe 
that the Lightning can be the best, have the best record at the end of the regular season. I genuinely, genuinely believe that, I and I'm not so. trying to, I'm not trying to curse them into having the, the best record in the in the regular season. I think they will because I think they, get, like I said, I think they're going to have the best goalie in the league. I think they're going to have one of the best defenses. I think they're going to have one of the best offenses. That team, there's no reason that team should fin- not finish with the best record in the NHL. And that said, President's Trophy winners almost never win the Stanley Cup. They've won like one in the last 20 years or something like that. You're evil. So this is all, but that's more why I'm jinxing them. Oh, of course. Right, exactly. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because I don't want them to win the President's Trophy. I want them to win the President's Trophy. No, I'm not. Oh, no, I knew what you were going for. I'm not saying don't put that curse in me because I want to win the President's Trophy. I'm putting that. I say that because I know that you don't want them to win the Cup. Right, exactly. Um, Which is evil. Um, And they get, talk Winnipeg. Yeah, before I do really quickly, I do like your points. I think the Lightning are a great team. The only reason, honestly, jinxes aside, um, that I don't think they win the President's Trophy is just because their division got so much better this season. It's going to be yeah. harder to win divisional games. The, the, you're talking about the Atlantic? Yeah. The yeah. Atlantic, yeah, I mean. Toronto yeah. got I mean, Tavares, I mean, it's Florida inc- got Hoffman, Boston's the, still good, Buffalo the, the thing is, The thing about the, the, the Atlantic, though, is that it's incredibly top-heavy. Oh, it is, like, for it's sure. It's so top-heavy. Montreal, like, Detroit, Ottawa, all garbage. Right, Montreal, well, Montreal Detroit, might, not, might not do terrible. They're not going to be terrible. Gonna be but they're not. They're not going to be able yeah. to compare to the other teams. Not. They're not going to be able to compare to Boston, Toronto, Tampa, or Florida. Yeah. So, um, but I'll get into my Winnipeg pick. Yeah. Um, also, you frocket shirt wearing Ricky Bobby. Don't hate on my frocket. I'm not. I'm just upset with you for putting the curse. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got Winnipeg curse free. Winnipeg. Don't worry, Jets fans. I'm not that that mean. Um, just I, I I'm really high on that team this year. I love Connor yeah, Halibut yeah, from when his time at uh, UMass Lowell. Um, I think he's a great goaltender. That defense is very underrated. Guys like Morrissey, like Truba, that might be glossed over a bit. I think people are underrating that defensive core. And, of course, you got you know th- that forward group is stacked. We talked about already. I think Line wins Rocket Richard. I think Shifley's got a great chance to be an MVP. If not, you know he's a great candidate at the bare minimum. Blake Wheeler is underrated every single season. Uh, Kyle Connors coming off a fantastic uh, campaign. Yeah, I mean, that team's deep. It's a very deep team, and uh, just like the end of my pool back in Tampa, it's you know it's deep, and it goes on for a long time, and they're going to keep chugging through the whole season. So, uh, anyway. God damn it. Just a quick producer's note. Yes, Nick. Go for it, Nick. Um, you guys were talking about the correlation between the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I'll give it Since a Since 2000, four teams have won both so the, four in 18 years four in 18 years have won so both the president's trophy and the stanley cup in the same i know years. one of them was Two the black nine, one of them was the blackhawks correct one, one of them, the of them was the blackhawks in 2013 I'm there was a lot at the early 2000s correct colorado in 2001 detroit, detroit in 2002 yep. yeah, and then one more who i'm trying to find right now detroit in 2008 i knew go. i knew the red wings had a few president's trophies in there right um but yeah so president's trophy curse aside uh, let's do a very quick rundown of our standings. We'll just go. We don't have to explain them. We'll just go in order. Oh, I didn't. Okay, unless I didn't you don't pick, have that. I didn't pick standings. I just picked. East, I picked just Eastern and Western Conference winners. I thought that's what we were that, doing. That also works. We okay. can do that too. Okay. I, I did. For those of you who want to hear what I have to say, which is weird because you know most people don't. Um, <laughs> I'm fine with either way. Uh, you can check out. My newsletter, Weiss Hockey, it's on my Twitter. Yeah, include, include your full standings on the on the yeah. newsletter. And so I, it's, already, it's already it's already been put up there. Um, and I've got uh, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, and San Jose winning divisions okay. respectively. But anyway, we'll we'll just do Western Eastern for now. Okay. So the Prince of Wales Trophy for the Eastern Conference winner. Do you want me to go first? After you, sir. I insist. All right, I'm gonna take the Boston Bruins. Because I know, I know, I know, right. I Guys, know. Guys, it was a pleasure. We'll see you later. I, I know. 
I can't help it though. Someone, like it's, someone get me a shot. Okay, or a beer I or I can't something help. Listen, to... I can't help it. Like it's uh, when you when your hometown team and you should know about this. When your hometown team, I'm drinking water, is, but I wish it wasn't water. Continue. When you, when you have your hometown team, which actually looks very complete, except the Tuka Rash did not look very good last night. But besides that, and and they have Tory Krug's hurt right hurt right now. You know they're literally coming off a seven nothing game that they lost. And I'm going to pick them anyway because that team is very, very complete. Like I said, I think they have a Calder Trophy uh, nominee in Ryan Donato. This is a team that can and maybe will win the Eastern Conference. Um, You know, they're complete. That's what I look for. I look for complete teams when I'm picking these sort of things. And, you know, the Bruins are very complete this year. The Metro has won the Stanley Cup each of the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. This year, they're going to make it four. Just kidding. The Metro sucks. Atlantic Division's taking the Stanley Cup this year, yeah, probably. or at least the opportunity to go for it. I'm not going with Boston. I really want to go with Tampa, but I know that's not going to go full over very oh, well. You're not gonna. And it's very tempting. However, you're not gonna. I am going to. Oh, no. The very, very sad thing I have to say, and I do believe this prediction as much as I hate it, in his very first year in Toronto, John Tavares leads the Maple Leafs to a Stanley Cup appearance for the first time in forever. I do not like that pick. I don't like it either, but I'm making it anyway. I like it in terms of logistics. I don't like it in terms of what my heart says. My heart says, Andrew, stop, you're hurting me. But it says the same thing when I eat five guys, so we can deal with it. Um, (laughs) My Western Conference uh, prediction, uh, would you like to go first? You'd like me to take it. All right. Um, You know, I told you I'm high on them this year. This shouldn't come as any surprise. This is the year that the Canadian Stanley Cup drought ends because Toronto's taken on Winnipeg. And there you have it. Toronto, Winnipeg, and I'll unveil my, my winner after you go with your Western pick. Okay. You don't want to elaborate on that pick at all? I can if you'd like me to. I may have talked about well, Winnipeg enough. Well, it's a, we can do it together because I also have Winnipeg. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I so, was waiting on it. Right. All right. Yeah. No, I also have Winnipeg. And again, So you have this Winnipeg, is, Boston. I have Winnipeg, Toronto. I have Winnipeg, Boston. Okay. And... You know what? This is like I said. This is an incredibly complete team. Assuming, you know, Connor Hellebuck was not a flash in the pan, which I, I'm hoping he wasn't. Um, that team's too much is, fun to watch. If, it's if such a fun team. They have so many good, so much good talent up front with Shifley, Line, and Wheeler. Um, you know, and and guys like uh, and Dustin Bufflin in the back. I mean, Dustin Bufflin. Big buff, man. He is probably my favorite defenseman to watch in the whole league. He's not your average buff. No. He's your big buff. Big buff. Um, so I, I love Winnipeg to get to the final this year. All right, so my question the, for you. The Clarence S. Campbell Bowl. Boston, Winnipeg. How many games? Who's on top? Uh, Don't you dare. Don't you dare do it. I, I know. know what you want to do. I know. I know. I feel it. Um, Don't you do it. I know. Winnipeg in seven. I, right. I I I I want right. to, and I I'll be honest. Originally, I did, but I can't, and I shouldn't. I'm gonna. T- I'll just take Winnipeg in seven. You know, I am so high on the Winnipeg Jets. I've been yes. talking about them all year long. I've been saying how much they are going, how good they're gonna be, how fantastic they're gonna be. Patrick Liney is gonna win awards. Blah 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 blah. So obviously, I have to make them my Stanley Cup pick, right? It just makes the You're most sense. F- Not no. so fast. Why? Not so fast. And it hurts me. It does. 
But for the first time since 1967, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to take home. That's not correct? What are you, what are you nodding about? What are you shaking? Are you shaking your head? Are you shaking your I head? Because I My heart hates it. Also, but you think it's going to be a, you also think it's going to be a two Canadian team cup final? Not, not just one. Well, that's the thing. is since, since the last time you had a Canadian team win the cup in Montreal back in the 90s, there hasn't really been a dominant Canadian team. And now I mean, you think there are two? I think there are two. I mean, Toronto takes a step this year, even with a lackluster defense. The Penguins showed recently, you know, that you can win a Stanley Cup with a lackluster defense with great talent elsewhere in a good system. Mike Babcock's a fantastic coach, as as Nick does some some <laughs> dance over there, as I mentioned, his Penguins. Uh, Mike Babcock's a fantastic coach. Freddie Anderson faced the most shots in NHL last year and didn't crack. Um, is he a superstar goaltender? No, but can he get in a hot streak? Uh, last year proved maybe not, but last year also proved yes. Um, last year proved that he had some issues in the playoffs, but it also showed he can get hot when he won those two games um, in uh, game five and six, if I'm not mistaken. They were down three to one and came back to push it to seven. Um, and I think that they have just enough offensive firepower to really go all the way. John Tavares, is like, you look at their center depth, Tavares, Matthews, Kadri, there's no better top three center um, in the NHL to me than Nazem Kadri, um, or sorry, the third center than Nazem Kadri, just because that's a second-line center on a majority of NHL teams. And to me, that, that pivot depth is going to be a pivotal role in the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. I have the Maple Leafs in six over Winnipeg. And it hurts me to say that, and I know for a fact, just because I'm saying it, it's not going to happen now, um, which I'm not going to apologize to Maple Leafs fans. I will apologize to Justin Kate, a friend from back home who is a Maple Leafs fan, long-suffering. Um, but it's just, to me, those two teams are so well-built offensively that the Maple Leafs are going to outscore so many teams come postseason time when it's harder to score goals. And it's all about defense, defense, defense. The Maple Leafs are going to show that as good as your defense is, our offense is better. I just, I don't like their defense enough. Oh, I hate their defense. I, don't I think like, it's terrible. Thing, I don't think their defense is... And the the difference between the Maple Leafs and the Penguins is that the Penguins have two certifiably best players of all time in Crosby and Malkin, two right. centers. And the Maple Leaf centers, Matthews and Tavares, not bad by any means and very, very good. Do we – I mean, but they're not They're not Crosby and Malkin. Like they're no, just, I understand like they're that. They're just not. And so, I think it's mostly just and, the and depth that's not, that that's they not, have. Sure, they have plenty of depth, but I just don't think – I, I don't think their lack of defense is gonna that offense is gonna be make up make up for the lack of defense. So that's the other why, the other saying. reason I do want to include is the fact that the Maple Leafs, without a Nylander extension, of course, so far at the moment, have the third most cap space in the NHL, over twelve million dollars. Nylander extension will eat into that just a bit, but before they have to pay Matthews, before they have to get big on those guys like Mitch Marner, they make a deadline deal for a defenseman and boost that defensive core that ends up being a yeah. steal of a deal. Just And it doesn't have to be a big name. The Washington Capitals proved it last year with, uh, was it Taylor Chorney? Who was it that yeah. they, they acquired some uh, a defenseman? I'm almost positive it was Chorney that uh, ended up playing minutes with uh, John Carlson and played fantastic during the postseason run. He was, who it was. he was acquired for like a third-round pick. And it wasn't even a big name. It wasn't a big deal. No one really paid attention to it. It ended up being a great deal. Yeah. But honestly, I could see a team – um, near the bottom of the standings, needing a little bit of help, needing to find some prospects, give up something like a Vancouver Canucks giving up an Alex Edler mm-hmm. or a uh, a Tanev, a Chris Tanev. I yep. could see something like that happening to where Toronto pushes them just enough. Now, like I said, it hurts my heart, but just like I still eat five guys, I'm still going to make this prediction. Wonderful. 
right. And I think that's just going to do it today. I think that's it. The first ever episode of the Melting Pond podcast. Doug, In the books. Great stuff. Oh, High five as we hit the microphone. Hit the mic. High five, Nick, as we hit more we're microphones. Get, we're, getting the gr- we're getting the green light. Hurting your ears with our done. high fives. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Here's yeah. hoping Fox orders five more seasons of us. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, uh, thank you all for tuning in. We're going to do our very best to have this out weekly. Um, we record on Thursdays. Hopefully have them out Thursday night, Friday. Um, we we'll have some guests. Just, we got some big guests coming we got up. Some, we got big guests we'll coming up. It, we'll keep them surprises. Um, but we'll, hockey, hockey media personalities, a couple players. Uh, big names know. around the sport. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Doug and I are on Twitter. Um, our producer Nick is on Twitter. You can uh, come at us with all your questions. We're happy to answer them in the podcast um, until we blow up, which – uh, hopefully will be soon. Um, likely hopefully won't soon. be ever, but could you know be, what? Yeah, could be never. Whatever it is, we're just happy to be here because it's always a great day for hockey. Thank you for joining us, guys. For Doug Greenberg and Nick Henyon, I'm Andrew Weiss. See you later. Have a great week.